Hey there, welcome to the Podcast Manager Show. I am so happy that you're here today because we're talking to Neil Williams on how to become an unbusy podcast manager. We all know that we can be as busy as we want to be, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we're being productive or that we're serving our clients well or that we're growing our businesses. So on this episode, we're gonna be talking about how we can go from the mentality of working for someone else to really working for ourselves We're going to talk about something called procrastination debt. And we also, this is one of my favorite things, we talk about how the mindset of if I only had more time and how that concept is really killing your productivity. Neil Williams is a master certified life and productivity coach and also host of the Unbusy Your Life podcast and creator of the Unbusy Entrepreneur Mastermind. So she is all about helping two busy, high-achieving online entrepreneurs like ourselves simplify our schedules so that we're only working 30 hours a week or less, which of course we are all about over here. I'm all about 20 hours a week. And more importantly than how many hours that you're actually working, we're all about the amazing, beautiful balance of living your life and also having a really great business and a business that doesn't consume everything about you, right? So we're talking all about that in this episode. And I'm so excited for you to listen. Here we go. Hey there, I'm Lauren, and you're listening to the Podcast Manager Show, a podcast for podcast managers. Each week, we cover the technical and tactical aspects of running a profitable podcast manager business. With over 90,000 new shows starting each month, podcast managers are in demand. I mean, in demand. And I'm here to help you land your dream clients while reaching your monthly income goals without working like crazy. Are you ready? Let's get to today's episode. Neil, it's so great to have you on the show today. Thank you for being here. Oh my gosh, Lauren. I'm so excited to talk with you. So fun. Yes. This topic that we're going to talk about of you know how to become unbusy, I just think it's so important And, you know, last year with all of us like working from home and our schedules being turned on their, on their heads, I think we've all been kind of thinking lately, like, how do I stop doing so many things and how do I kind of create this schedule that feels right to me? So I'm excited that we can talk about, you know, for, for those of us that feel like we always have to be busy, how we can kind of work that out. (laughs) And just still get a still get a lot done, still be productive, and all of those good things. So I'm excited to talk about that. I figured first though we could talk about how did you get started working online and doing what you do now. Yeah, so I was in the corporate world working the crazy hours, <laughs> 50, 60 plus hours a week. I was a mom, and I was just really miserable. And so I hired a coach to help me. And then I fell in love with coaching. So then I got certified as a coach. And then I was like, okay, I got to help other people be able to do what I'm doing. So then I decided to build my own business on the side while I was still working in my corporate job. And the way that I did that is I first, it was kind of like in two pieces. So the first thing that I did was I scaled back that corporate job from the 50, 60 plus hour craziness to 30 hours per week. Mm. And then I built my side hustle in, I started about 10 hours per week. Eventually I got to about 20, 25 hours per week. Did that for a couple of years until I got the business to um, multiple six figures. And then I quit my corporate job. So now I'm just 
30 hours or less doing awesome. an entrepreneur thing. Yeah. Yes. Now, how were you able to scale your corporate job back from 60 hours? Yeah. So the idea, like the philosophy of time and working that's in the corporate world comes from basically the industrial revolution where we're trading time for money, essentially. Like that is the model that most of those corporate businesses are built on. Mm. And I just started to really question that because I was thinking to myself, well, they don't really like, they don't care about the time necessarily. What they care about is what I get done, the value that I create, those kinds of things. So I started like playing around. I just like drew a line in the sand for myself one day. And I said, okay, I'm going to figure out how to do this in 40 hours. Mm -hmm. And I did scale it back to 40 hours. And then I was like, I still don't want to work 40 hours. (laughs) I'm going to figure out how to do it in 30. It was like my next level. And so, I mean, it was challenging because the mindset that I was coming in with was completely opposite to what the corporate leadership was had, but I had built such an amazing reputation for myself in the value that I would create and the hours that I worked that they were like, okay, we can see how you can do this. And so I just worked 30 hours per week, but I produced the important part of that story is I did not do less than other people that were in my same position. I was as, I I mean, I produce as much value as much as anyone else in the company in those 30 hours. That's what was so mind blowing to me. So then that's when I was, then I realized like, well, if I can do this, I can teach other people how to do this too. And we don't have to have this crazy, hectic, overwhelming, too busy schedule where we're just missing out on life or we're compromising what we really want in other parts of our life because we have to do this work for this many hours. Yeah. And I think one of the hard pieces of that, of, you know, let's just say someone listening is working 60 hours a week on a job they quote unquote should only be working 40, right? And they just look around themselves and they see, well, my coworkers are leaving the office later than me and my coworkers are arriving earlier than me. And it's this like peer pressure to be the one that works the most because, like you're saying, the incorrect mindset is that the more the longer you're there, the more you're working, the faster you respond to emails if you work from home means that you're more valuable. And it's just not, that's just not true. Do you see a switch happening in the corporate world? Or do you think it's going to take a while to get there? I do think it's going to take a while. What this is why I like this is my mission in my mm-hmm. life, really, is to change this. This is why I do the work that I do. And the way that I'm that I'm approaching that now is to teach entrepreneurs to do that because I really feel like entrepreneurs are going to be, we're going to be the group that changes our society and changes this mindset and the way that we work and brings us into the modern world from the industrial revolution. Mm. And so that's why I'm doing the work with, with the people that I'm doing the work with. I'm also working with many corporate executives in big companies, Google and Boeing and things like that. So I do think that there will be impact that way. But I think generally, as we think about a society and the way that we think about things, I honestly believe entrepreneurs have the ability to make that change for our society. Yeah, I see that as well. Now, you know, before you started your business, you you started scaling back your hours. So you are, already had this mindset of, yeah. I don't need to work a certain amount of hours. But then I don't know if you felt this way, let me know. When you start your business, you realize 
you start a side business or what have you, you realize like, oh, the more time I give it, the more time it takes. I can get a lot done in 10 hours a week even though that feels like nothing sometimes i can get a lot done but if i give it 15 it'll it'll definitely take 15 so did you learn like another lesson once you started your business about time yeah i just decided because i had done this work already in my um corporate job it was really easy for me to just decide okay i'm willing to let that ratchet up to a certain level but not beyond because i never i was not going to leave the corporate world and then go into my own business just to be in the same position that mm-hmm. I was in my corporate job. So I was yes. very disciplined with myself about like the number of hours. And if I was going to add hours, it needed to be a very good reason why I needed to like see the value that was created from that for me or for my clients. And so, yeah, I did ratchet it up, but I knew like I was never going to work more than 30 hours. Like I just wouldn't ever do that. So I built it basically between 20 and 30 hours every single week. And I, I literally, I will not go beyond that. Like, it's just like a non-negotiable for me. And I'm so grateful to myself that I did this. And so anyone who has like a day job and they're building a side hustle, what I want you to know is like, it is the most beautiful gift to give yourself to limit the amount of time that you are spending in your side hustle. Because what I've found is the way you build it is the way you grow and the way you scale Mm. it. So if you build it in a way of like, I'm not using all of this extra time to do it. I have to come up. I have to be more creative. I actually have to be more innovative and thinking about the solutions and how I get these things done within this container of time that I have. It is the best thing you could do to feed your business. Mm. I really believe that. Yeah, I really believe that as well. I I have never worked my business more than probably 25 hours a week. And it's it's partly because I stay home with my young daughters. They're in preschool now and so I'm I'm balancing those two things, but also because even if, you know, when they're all in elementary school and I can work longer hours, I just know that I won't because I'll want to do other things as well to be the best version of myself. So I think maybe people that are listening that they work longer hours, it's like, are you really working that whole time? Or are you like warming up for the day? Because that's totally fine, right? You're taking care of yourself to get into the day. And that's part of showing up your best so you can be creative and produce. Yeah. And there was a really fascinating study that I just read recently about the number of hours, like in a typical 40 hour work week, the number of hours that someone is actually like getting their work done Mm -hmm. is like six to 12. (laughs) So there is like so much time where we're just, we're there, but for what reason? And I kept thinking this to myself when I was in my corporate job, it's like, okay, I got all of that done. So why do I have to stay here? Like Mm -hmm. I should be able to just go. I should be able to just like, you know, be done for the day because I've already produced more than everyone else in this company because they're doing whatever they're doing mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm doing it differently. I'm using my schedule to get the things done faster and easier for myself. So I think it's really fascinating when we stop and look, and even if you do like a time audit, so anyone who takes my free course, you also get access to um, my work less toolkit and there's a time audit download you can use. Really look at the time and where you spend it. It's fascinating. It's yeah. really intriguing to see where your time goes. Wow. I bet it's like, wow, <laughs> I'm really doing this, which maybe some of that stuff's okay. Like it's, it, it's feeding your creativity and stuff, but it's like it, just being able to acknowledge how you really are spending your time. And if you want to spend your time like that, right? Yes. So 
how do we go from switching our mindsets of working for someone else and maybe clocking in hours to feel productive? How do we go from that mindset to working for ourselves? Yeah, such a brilliant question. And the way that I like the tool that I love to use is a schedule. So if you think about like the way that you are as an employee is like someone tells you like, when to show up to work and what to get done and what the deadlines are mostly, right? Like a lot of those decisions are just made for you and you just show up and inside of those decisions, Mm -hmm. implementing those decisions. But when you become an entrepreneur, you not only have to implement the decisions, you have to make the decisions. And so that is the extra layer that we have. And so what I have found, I, I found that, that I was starting to do this and I found this with, you know, the hundreds of clients that I've worked with is we really struggle to make those decisions in an efficient way where we're not like draining ourselves mm. in making those decisions. So that's that's the extra layer. When you become your own boss, when you become an, become an entrepreneur, you have to decide what is getting done this week? How am I getting that done? Am I delegating it? What's the system that I'm setting up or using? All of those things. And so what a schedule does is it allows you to make those decisions in advance of implementing them. So it's like you're the boss when you make the schedule, and then you're maybe the employee that implements Mm. the schedule, the things in it. So it's just a simple way to like get those decisions made. And, And what's true from a brain science standpoint is... If you make those decisions at least 24 hours in advance of actually doing them, of executing them, you're using the higher part of your brain, your prefrontal cortex, and you're going to make higher quality decisions than if what I see so many entrepreneurs doing, and even employees that I work with, they sit down to their desk on Monday morning and they're like, what should I do? What should I get done? What do I feel like doing? What do I feel like doing? Yeah. And then like the Pandora's box opens. (laughs) Yeah. How do I even decide? Right. Or you just open up your email. Yes. And you just start, you just start doing the things everybody else is telling you to do, which may not be the, the wisest for your business growth. Yeah, totally. So if you make those decisions in advance, you don't have to ever ask yourself that. You're just like, oh, what did I decide for myself? Like, oh, I'm recording this podcast. I'm writing this email. I'm connecting with this client, whatever. You just be the boss first and then you be the employee at implementing those. Yeah. I like that distinction that you just made that, you know, you're the boss when you're making those decisions and you're, you know, you're the employee when you're doing the work. So do you recommend that people write out a schedule each week so that they can play around with it? And then eventually, hopefully they'll find one that really sticks. Yeah, totally. So I have a three-step process that I do. And the first step is design your schedule. And there's lots of tools and ways to do that. The Mm -hmm. second step is to do your schedule. So this is the next piece that we fall down on is we'll like make the schedule. And then we're like, I don't feel like doing that. So then we don't do what we told ourselves we would do. And then the third piece is what I call improving your schedule. So you look at like what worked, what didn't work, what do I want to make better. And there's lots of tools that you can use to save time, delegation and deleting things and simplifying and systematizing all those things. So yeah, I do recommend it depending, you have to figure out like what works best for you. So I do like the idea of experimenting. Ideally, what you want to do is think about batching these decisions, right? So you've Probably all of your audience has heard about batch work before, but you probably haven't thought about batching decisions, Mm. but that is basically what a schedule, a pre-made schedule is, right? Is you decide in advance and you could do this 
every single day. I don't love that. I love to do it once per week. I even am at the point where I do it like once per month, mostly, mm-hmm. but play around with it. See what works for you. Decide if you're going to do it one day in advance, decide the day before, what am I going to get done tomorrow? Or if you're doing it for the week, what do I want to get done for the whole week? And it's important how you ask your brain that question, because what most people do when they sit down to figure that out is they say, what do I have to do? Or what do I have to get done? Or what should I get done? As if like the world is telling you, like, what are those things? And I, the shift I like to make in that question is, what do I want to accomplish this week? What do I want to get done this week? Because then you're, what you're focusing on is what you want and the done things. So we don't care about to-do lists, right? Like what we care about is, are the things on it crossed off? So let's just focus on that part and create the schedule around that. Yes. Now, like you said, you know, the, the actual following through of the schedule can be so tough, especially a lot of us entrepreneurs, we're entrepreneurs so that we can be flexible with ourselves. But then we realize when we get into it that we can't be so flexible because then I we feel this chaos of like, I have no schedule and I, I'm not getting enough done or I just feel chaotic. Uh, what, recommend, what recommendations do you have on accountability and either personal accountability or a accountability partner, how can we make sure we're following a schedule that we've set for ourselves? Yeah, it's such a good question, right? Because this is one of the things why why so many folks don't want to create a schedule because they're like, why would I do that when I know myself and I don't follow it, right? Why would I waste my time? So it is like the primary obstacle, I would say. And one of the things that keeps us in the too busy mode, because if you made the schedule, but then you didn't follow it, then probably what you're doing is you're beating yourself up and telling yourself how you're doing it wrong. You're not getting it done. Right. And that just keeps your brain really, really busy instead of focused on what it is that you actually want to be doing. So I have a, I have like one, um, one little trick that I'll give you, um, about this, but before that, what I love folks to do is to really look at why would you create a schedule that you wouldn't want to follow in the first place? Like, that's a really important question to ask yourself. Mm. So that like sometimes already just asking that is like, oh, well, I have this thing that I just don't, I just hate doing. And it's a matter of like deciding, well, like, why would you ask yourself to do something that you hate doing? And how do we get that off your schedule? Do you delete it? Do you delegate it? You know, what can we do there? So Mm -hmm. I like to like, just look at the things where you feel like you're like falling down and not wanting to follow through on and like do a little bit of work within those. But then there's always going to be things that we maybe, maybe they're not our most favorite things to do, right? Like we're entrepreneurs. So a lot of what we do, we totally love, but there's probably some things, some area in business or whatever it is, it might be sales, it might be marketing that you don't necessarily love. And so what will happen is your brain is going to offer up that thought to you. I don't feel like doing that. And so often what happens is we listen to that thought as truth. Mm. Like, because I don't feel like it means I shouldn't do it. Or I can't do it. Yeah, exactly. So what I 
so it's a habit. It's a habit in your brain that you might even recognize because it's so on autopilot. So on repeat, you might not even catch it as like, that's what your brain is telling you. But all of our behaviors start with a thought that's triggered in our brain. So if you're not following through, the only reason is because they're thinking in your brain that led you to not do that. Mm-hmm. And so we have to disrupt that pattern in your brain, like that automatic circuit that's running and driving you to do what you do or not do what you're not doing. Mm-hmm. And one of the ways that I love to do that is with the pause. So if you get to something on your schedule and you're like, yeah, I just don't feel like doing that. I'm going to go like check Instagram instead. Super common, right? Or I'm going to like, go do something else. Maybe I'll go into my email and answer my email because this feels like easy to do. Yeah. Pausing for, and you can decide how long I like at least two minutes, pause for two minutes and visualizing yourself and how you feel like an hour down the road, not having done that thing. Mm-hmm. Like give yourself that and then visualize yourself, how you feel about an hour or two hours, or maybe it's the end of the day, like the future you feels if she did do that, or if he did follow through on that, like let your, let yourself like, look at the truth of that and then use the five second rule. So the five second rule is you count down from five and then you just go, you make your decision and you go. Mm. Now, sometimes you will totally, you'll be like, okay, yes, I'm just doing this. Like it's enough energy the pause was enough. You activated enough energy with the five second rule to actually move forward and do it. Sometimes you won't. The important piece of this little hack is that you disrupt that automatic cycle that has been running you. And this is the reason why we have procrastination dead, or we even have procrastination is this automatic cycle. You're disrupting that automatic habit and you're at least seeing it. And the more that you do that, the more you're going to vote to just follow through on what you told yourself you're going to do because you're going to have that pause. Wow. I love that. Now you just mentioned procrastination debt and I've, I've heard you talk about that. So what, what is procrastination debt? Yeah. So it's all the things that we procrastinate on and they start to like build up and build up and build up just like debt. Right. So it's like overspending money. This is a way that we overspend time. So we like literally spend our future minutes by procrastinating. We spend our future hours by procrastinating. So what I love to do is I love people to actually like get clear on this, get on, get the math to it and make a list of all of the things that you've been procrastinating on. And even when you're making, like if you do scheduling the way that I teach you to do it, it's a weekly brain dump, a weekly um, done list dump. If you look at that list, how many of the things on there are actually new or and how many are like carried over from last week or last yes. month or last quarter, right? Because we think so often we have this idea that there's just never enough time and we have too much to do. But if you look at the reality, if you look at the math of it, like what is actually new versus what is something that I told myself in the past that I would do that is still coming forward with me. Mm -hmm. That's the debt that I'm talking about that then plagues us in our current week or current day. So take a look at what is like been procrastinated on. And if you keep procrastinating on something, you want to decide like, okay, is this something that then I just am going to say, forget, like I'm going to let it go. Right. 
And a lot of times we do just need to make that decision. Like, obviously this wasn't important enough for me to follow through on on, in the last like six weeks. (laughs) Right. Right. So maybe this is something that is just not for now. Maybe it will be for six months down the road or whatever. So you want to look at that list and clean it up, get rid of the things that really just aren't important. And then for the things that are, I like to have my folks schedule in one per week and just start knocking off the debt just one by one by one and take the easiest one that's going to be the least amount of time, mm-hmm. schedule that in, take care of it and knock that off your procrastination list. So it's kind of like the snowball effect, yeah. right? Get rid of the, and then what you start to do is you're like, oh my gosh, my to-do, my done list, my to-do list isn't quite as big as I thought it was because a lot of it is just like, it's been infiltrated by all of this stuff that I procrastinated on in the past. Right. It makes me think about like working out. And if you have a goal to work out in the morning, but you sleep in, then all you're thinking about throughout the day is like, when am I going to get my workout in? And it takes up so much brain space and energy to just keep, okay, am I going to do it now? Am I going to do it now? Maybe I'll do it later. Oh, I'm not going to have energy later. I'm going to, you know, all of those thoughts. So then it, it takes up like the whole day versus if you just wake up and work out, you don't have to think about it at all for the rest of the day. Right. Yeah. It like opens up your brain space to be thinking about things you actually want to be thinking about, which is not when am I going to work out? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Wow. And so, yeah, it's the same thing with all these other tasks that maybe we've, you know, we have on our list. And I like that you mentioned that, you know, sometimes we set reoccurring tasks or one-time tasks that we just, we just don't want to do. We maybe someone told us maybe on a podcast episode, someone told us to do it and we thought it was a good idea at the time, but we just haven't prioritized it. And I think having that real conversation with yourself, is this something I want to do or not? Because it's taking up a ton of my brain space by me not doing it. <laughs> so do it or don't. Yeah. And I think also important because We live live in, um, I won't get too much into the brain, but there's four different pieces of the brain. And there's one piece of the brain, the left thinking brain that prioritizes accomplishment and achievement over everything else. We live in a society that is left brain, left thinking brain dominant. So like, think about like all the messaging that we get about accomplishment and achievement, we should do all the things and it should be more. And this is why, this is the reason why we even have the idea that We maybe didn't get enough done. There's Mm. always more to be done, right? You want to think, understand also that when you keep those things that you keep procrastinating on, you keep building evidence for how you're doing it wrong. And it's not helpful because that like your pile of evidence of how you're just like, I'm, then you start identifying as it, like I'm a procrastinator. I'm disorganized. I can't get things done quickly enough. Mm -hmm. All of that stuff. Like you really want to think about, the effect of that on your mental and emotional state when you look at that procrastination list and just be honest with yourself and either just decide I'm not doing this or I'm going to schedule it out and I'm going to follow through on it. So I stop beating the, the crap out of myself for not doing it and telling myself that I'm a procrastinator. Yeah, that's such a great point. Like what I'm hearing you say is, you know, if we had like the appropriate amount of stuff on our to-do list for the day and not 10 extra things, then we would end our days feeling accomplished because we got the things done that we had time for in that day. We weren't like overshooting ourselves each day, but it, but whenever we have a ton of things on our list that maybe aren't realistic to get done in that day, then we just constantly feel like we're, you know, we don't have enough time. And then that's when that 
you know, I, I know myself, I, I have that thought, if only I had more time, or I needed to get that done yesterday. And I actually, for 2021, one of I had two words for like focus words for the year, but one of them was abundance. And I know that's like, a, you know, a, obviously a big buzzword, but I was thinking of it in the sense of I have an abundant amount of time so that I could stop saying to myself, if only I had time, or if only I had more focused time, but I wanted to retrain my thoughts to to be in that frame of, I've got plenty of time to get this 20, 25 hours that I work is plenty of time. Hey there, I wanted to interrupt this episode with a quick message for you. If you are listening to this show, then you are either wanting to become a podcast manager or currently a podcast manager. And I wanted to invite you to my free masterclass where I show you how to become a profitable podcast manager without working more than 20 hours per week. So in this masterclass, I break down what it would look like for you to be making three to 5K per month working as a podcast manager without working more than 20 hours a week. Not only do I break that down, but I also talk about the three myths that I used to believe that was keeping me away from being a profitable podcast manager and that you might be believing as well. That and I share all the details about my podcast manager program. So if you're interested in learning more, learning the three myths that might be keeping you away from becoming a profitable podcast manager, or you just want to see what does it take to be a profitable podcast manager, then grab a seat to my masterclass. I would love to see you there. Just head to laurenwrighton.com forward slash masterclass, and it'll show the next available time. Okay, awesome. That is it. Go sign up for the masterclass. I cannot wait to see you there. Let's get back to the episode. So do you have any tips on on setting, I guess, realistic expectations out of ourselves so we can feel more accomplished? Yeah. Yeah. I love this question. It's also one of the um, most common questions that I get asked because um, as humans, we're typically not very good at estimating our time. So if you have that with this left thinking brain, I call it the, we're in an achievement addiction society. That's why Mm -hmm. we're too busy Mm -hmm. is because we're constantly trying to achieve more and more and more and accomplish, accomplish, accomplish. We're like, um, we're like addicts of that. And so what we do is we tend to like pack in like so much. It's like literally not even possible for us to get it done. Right. And part of that is because we have crazy expectations of how long it will take us to get something done. So we like look at something on our, on our list and we're like, okay, I'm just going to throw an hour on my schedule for that with like literally no thought behind it. It's just like (laughs) my gut reaction. I think an hour. I just did this with one of my master's students in my, um, this week. And once we looked at the time, it was literally like a 20 hour project and she had scheduled five. I so relate to this. (laughs) Yeah. And what she was doing was then telling herself how she's like so bad. She's not productive. She's not using her time wisely. She's not focused. She's distracted. Like all of this garbage she was telling herself about it. And when we actually looked at the math of it, she was like, oh my gosh, like, 
Why would I do that to myself? Right. And the reason is we don't do it intentionally, but we don't take the time to do the proper planning, the proper scheduling so that we are clear on, yes, I've set up this schedule in a way that I could actually get it done in a way that I scheduled it. For sure. So the best way to do this, it's a little bit tedious. And this is why most brains um, don't like it. But the time that you do, that you invest up front in doing this level of planning is going to make it so much easier for you to create a schedule for yourself that you'll actually be able to follow through on. And so it looks like taking a project or task, whatever it is, and you list out all the steps to get the thing from start to done. And we're super smart. So often we need to get out of our own brains to make this list because what we'll do is we'll kind of like skip steps in our own mind without even realizing it. So the little hack that I love to offer folks is think about giving this project to maybe an employee who doesn't know anything about it. Or I have one student, she's like, I do this and I think about my mom. So if I had to give this project to my mom, what are all the steps that I would need to tell her to get it done, right? Because the list will look a little bit different. It will be more comprehensive, most likely, mm-hmm. than if you just create it from your own brain because you assume you know a lot because mm-hmm. <laughs> you do. Or that you can do it faster. Totally. Than yeah. an average, yeah. Totally. So you kind of need to get out of your own brain in order to make this really effective. So you make the list and then you just assign a t- what I call a time bank to each one of the steps. So this, the question that you ask is how long do I want to give myself to get this done? Not how long does this take? Because that gives ownership of the time to the thing. Mm-hmm. And I want you all to own the time that you're giving yourself to get it done. So maybe it's writing a headline. We're like, maybe it's our, the list that we're making is to write an email And we have step number one is write a headline. And maybe you give yourself 10 minutes to create the headline. And then so you do that with every single step. And then you add it all up and you have a very clear idea of how long you will want to schedule uh, to get that thing done. Mm -hmm. And does it happen that once you do that and you see, oh, it takes me two hours a week to write this blog post, maybe this isn't worth it. This is kind of just like a quick little thing I was going to do, but it's clearly not quick. So I I shouldn't be doing it. Does that happen often? Oh my gosh, it happens all the time. Once we get to the math of it, it makes it so clear to you like, whoa, is this really the way that I want to be using this time? So this happened in my mastermind yesterday. I was coaching someone and we were doing the scheduling work and she wanted to do, um, she wanted to create, I think it was three Instagram posts. So I had her step out her process for creating these posts and each post was going to take her 25 minutes. She looked at it and she was like, uh, no, I'm not doing that. And so she immediately like went to, how could I get this off my plate? I still want to get it done. It wasn't like we were deleting it. She wanted to get it done. She's like, oh, I can delegate this, 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 and this to these people. And then what we had left was a four minute time bake for her to just edit it and post it. Wow. So it went literally from like 90 minutes to 12 as we did this process. So it's really powerful to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I'm even thinking for our listeners who obviously are podcast managers, that they could even list out this for their clients to show them how much time it takes to do all of the tasks behind a podcast. And I know you're a podcaster as well. You get this, that all of these tasks, they're small. Well, some of them are small, some of them are big, but they all take time, duh. And so they could even 
uh, you know, write this out for clients or for potential clients to show this is how much time you're spending and energy you're spending that could be outsourced to a podcast manager. Oh my God. Brilliant. Someone totally needs to do that. Yeah. Someone needs to do that and let us know. A lead magnet or something. Yes. Yes. Let us know when when you do that. (laughs) This whole talk of like, you know, giving yourself no time to do something makes me think of like when you're driving home from a friend's house when you're in high school and your curfew is in five minutes and it's a 10 minute drive and you think that you can get there, but it's like, I can't go double the speed. (laughs) right? Like I can't go if maybe if it's like a a really slow road, you could go double the speed, but like, I can't cut my commute in half. That's unrealistic. But like, at least our high school brains think like I can somehow make it, but you can't. Magically, I'm going to bend time and I'm going (laughs) to. Yes. Maybe if I hit all the greens, like, oh gosh, that is, that's who I am as a driver though. I have to, as an adult now, I've had to like tell myself, okay, it takes me 15 minutes, but I'm going to leave 25 minutes early because it actually doesn't take 15 minutes. (laughs) I just think it takes 15 minutes. Right. Yeah. See, so we're not like, we're not good at estimating time, Mm -hmm. like just off the cuff. Like we have to actually put some thought behind it to create a good estimation. Yeah. Yeah. Also like just with driving and with tasks, we think like one time it took me 15 minutes to make an Instagram post one time. Normally it takes me 25. So we think if I could just be always be the fat, my fastest speed, but right. we're not, you know, like it, right. there's always a range of, especially with so much of what we do is creative. You know, you can't always like hunt, like tap into that immediately. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So two things I want to just say right there, because what you said is so important. So yes, what we tend to do is we like plan for what I call like the rainbows and unicorn land, like where mm. I'm 1000% focused. There's literally like my brain is like on fire and I can get it done in half the time than, than what is actually like my normal speed, which, you know, maybe my brain distracted me a little bit for a minute, or I had to like find something that I didn't know I needed to find to put into this thing. So we want to think about like planning for like the most common way that you show up to your work. So I have a lot of clients who like to perfect. And so it's like, okay, well, let's account for your perfecting in your plan. If you're going to do that, let's just plan for the way that you work instead of planning for this unrealistic you who doesn't exist right now in this moment. I mean, maybe we'll work on, you know, cutting out the the perfecting. So I think that's really important point. Um, And then you said something about creativity. I want to make sure that we make this point because I think this is something in the time management and productivity industry that is not talked about that is super important, especially for entrepreneurs. Your creative brain is really important. Like it's a very lucrative part of your business. But when you create a schedule, if you're going to do that, what you need to know is that part of your brain, that's the right side of your brain is where creativity lives that part of your brain like hates and rebels against anything that is restrictive, like a budget, a plan, a schedule, anything that like boxes it in. If it has the sense that it's being boxed in, it's going to like not want to show up. (laughs) So I say that because what happens is when I teach this about like time blocking and scheduling all this, people have this idea that it is like robotic. Like it's all scheduled out to the minute, like back to back to back very short timeframes. And for some things, yeah, that works really well. But if you're doing anything that requires a creative part of your brain, you may just remove the creative part 
And you want to give it lots of space to play around and to thrive. Because if you try and put it in a little box, like a 15 minute box is oftentimes gonna be very challenging to have that part of the brain like actually activate and engage and work for you. So you would schedule for creativity very different than you would schedule for just like knocking things off your list. Yeah, that's makes complete sense. And so would you schedule if you were to schedule a longer block for creativity, would you assume that once your creativity is really like at its peak, let's say that you're going to be thinking of you're going to be thinking of a podcast episode and then you're going to be thinking about an Instagram post and then you're going to think of a lead magnet idea. Like, do you account for the fact that our creative brains are beautifully all over the place? Yeah. I mean, just let it be messy. That is not the time where you want it to be like linear, right? It's mm-hmm. not, it's not the way that it works. Yeah. You, and you're right because once you engage it, it's going to like have a lot of fun and it's going to play around and it's going to give you ideas all over the place. So for instance, one thing that I do in my own schedule is I leave open space for this. I don't even put a box around it. So like for instance, on Fridays, I don't have anything scheduled in the way that most people think about scheduling, it's like my open space. So I literally let my brain like just go and I will take notes in my phone if I'm on a run or a walk, or I I read, I love to read. And I always get ideas when I read. So then I have a journal next to me. And so, yeah, you just like let your brain like play in the creative land. And then when it's time to get down to work and like actually implement some of those ideas, that's when you want to be like more time blocking and things like that. Yes. Yes. That, that makes sense. And we're probably already doing that when, when we're not really acknowledging it. Like you said, when you're on a run or when you're in the shower, because you're giving yourself that time to be creative because you're not th- maybe thinking about anything else. And that's maybe considered non-work hours, right? Cause you're working out, you're showering, you're, you're in the car, but then you write those things down and then you, you move them into your schedule of, okay, I'm going to implement this idea. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. I love that. Uh, now, a lot of our listeners are totally on board with working 20, 30 hours a week, right? Like we're, we all love this idea already. We don't need to be convinced. But I was curious, like what are some of the, the personal benefits that you've had from going from 60 hours a week in corporate to now 30 hours a week for yourself? What have you seen in your own life? Yeah, I mean, overall, just a more rich experience of life for me. Um, I do a lot of things. Uh, I like run. I do yoga. I'm getting certified as a yoga instructor. I hang out with my kiddo. We go on bike rides. We mm-hmm. hike as a family. We live in this place that is like amazing. And we're very outdoor enthusiastic family. And so we do all the things outdoors. So I literally feel like I have like my five or six hours that I do for work. And then I have this whole entire like life outside of work that I never got to experience when I was doing the 50, 60 hours. Mm-hmm. And so just my everyday experience is so fun. I like literally have let go of the ideas of weekends and and weekdays, like that break point in my brain doesn't even really exist anymore. And just kind of like all flows together because I feel like I have so much fun and I have so much space to do things outside of work. I don't like have that like um, graspy weekend feeling. Do you know what I mean? Where you're like, oh my gosh, I can't wait till it's Friday night. And then, and then you're feeling like Sunday night, like, oh, I don't want the week to the weekend to end. I don't experience that at all. So just that just, it just enhances the experience of life 
so much. And then the other thing that I would say is like, that is like on my life side, how it's impacted it. But in my business also so important because in order to maintain that lower an hour uh, work week schedule, you have to have a business that's pretty simple, that's pretty systematized, that is not complicated or convoluted. And so it requires you to do that work to keep it in that simple mode. Otherwise, what you'll notice is you're going to feel like you're being stretched beyond your hours. So I think in, as far as a business goes, it's also such an amazing tool to be using in your business to keep mm-hmm. you from creating this really inefficient, complicated beast that you don't want. <laughs> yes, I that resonates with me so much of keeping your business simple. Why is it that our we tend to want to overcomplicate things? Do you have a do you have thoughts on that? what our brains do. Like they want to like try and find the most complicated thing to do anything. And a lot of it comes from like, I always think talk about um, with my students, there's like the thought that we have that's like maybe the surface level thought, but that thought really is bred from a more implicit belief system. So when you start looking at your implicit belief systems, these are the things that you adopted as truths, as rules for the way the world works. Mm-hmm. way back when you were a little kid and your prefrontal cortex was developing because that happens between the ages of zero and 23. So the experiences that you have as a child, what you learned from your parents, what society taught you, what your teachers taught you, all of that, your brain is like making meaning out of and creating and seeding beliefs. So, so many of us have this idea that hard work is the path to success. And a lot of this overcomplication is like an offshoot of that implicit belief system because if things are super simple and easy, we start questioning whether we deserve the success that we should have. Probably me working harder or more hours. We find ways to manufacture the complication to align with that implicit belief system. Yes. Because yeah, what we're thinking is if our business is too easy, then we're not working hard. Yeah. Therefore, we're not worthy of success. We're not, the success isn't going to stick around maybe. Wow. So, so powerful. I feel like we could talk about like, there's like 25 conversations we could have from here. I Thank you yeah. so much for sharing this. Before we go, I wanted, I'd love for you to talk about this mini course that you have. Yeah. So I'm offering a free course um, that gives you basically the three steps to start taking to create a schedule for yourself. Super simple. Takes you about five minutes a day to implement these things. And my goal is that you start to feel like you're taking control of your schedule versus like what so many folks come to me and they feel like they're just at the effect of the world and their schedule is just out of their control. Mm -hmm. So it's really about you starting to take control of your own schedule and your time and what you want to get done. And, and I honestly believe like the best way to unbusy our lives and to get rid of this too busy epidemic that we have is to use the tool of scheduling. Mm. Love it. Love it. Uh, Now, I will put that link in the show notes, uh, but can you share that with us here on where people can find that mini course? Yeah, you can just go to my website, www.neilwilliams.com. And at the very front, you'll see free course. Just click that link. I'll portal you right there. Awesome. Thank you so much, Neil. This has been so great. I can't wait to hear what everyone thinks about this episode whenever it goes live. So thank you so much for being here. Yeah, so amazing. Such a fun conversation. Thank you for having me. 
Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. Come connect with me over on Instagram at Lauren Wrighton or in the Podcast Manager Mastermind Facebook group. And let me know what you liked about this episode. I love, love, love hearing your guys' feedback and what is resonating with you. You can always find the links and resources mentioned in the show over at laurenwrighton.com. Special thanks to my amazing podcast manager, Marcy Page, on producing this episode. All right, that's it. Until next time, I'll be cheering you on.